Welcome to another edition of the JP Who's Podcast presented by Book It Sports. Recording on Monday, June 14th. Wow, we have a lot to get to. The Brooklyn Nets seem to be in a world of trouble. The 76ers tonight playing game four against the Atlanta Hawks. Looking to take a commanding 3-1 lead in the A tonight. Also got a great series brewing on the West Coast between the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers. They play game four tonight as well. We'll get to all that, plus the Phoenix Suns punching a ticket into the Western Conference Finals, the first of four teams that will qualify for their conference championships. We'll get to all that and more in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the Book It Sports app. It's the number one app for all things sports gambling and social media combined meet new people see who's tailing your bets get picks from professional handicappers and more there's no app quite like the book it sports app so go check it out today for anyone either apple or android users check out the book it sports app i post nba picks every single day throughout the entire playoffs follow me at jpora on the Book It Sports app. So, let's recap what happened between Phoenix and Denver. And if you're a consistent listener to the podcast, you know that I said that this will be the most fun series of the second round, the most excitement, the most energy, the best games. Well, I'm here to say I was 100% wrong. I expected more out of the MVP in Nikola Jokic. He gets thrown out of game four. It was very soft. I'm not going to lie. Yes, he committed a hard foul. However, you can't throw the MVP out of a closeout game in the NBA playoffs. That's just not how it goes. He becomes the fourth ever MVP to get swept out of the NBA playoffs. The first since Magic Johnson back in the 80s. Not a great look for Denver. Getting swept out of the second round. To the Phoenix Suns. Now, I could go on and on about the Nuggets. Not having Jamal Murray. What this means for them long term. What it means for Nikola Jokic to get swept out of the first round. But quite honestly, this series is about Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns. Now, I'm on record saying I wasn't necessarily sure how long Phoenix's reign of success was going to last. Said they're a really young team. Two starters had playoff experience going into this postseason. And only one player who gets legitimate minutes being Dario Saric, who only played 14 minutes in game four, has playoff experience in the past. But I'm starting to realize with this team, it doesn't matter. What matters is the commander of the ship, the leader of this team, The one who has the most to prove out of anyone on this Phoenix Suns team, and that is Chris Paul. Maybe snubbed out of an MVP race. He should be a first-team All-NBA player. And in Game 4, closeout game, hey, we haven't seen the team blow a 3-0 lead 
yet in the NBA. But a Phoenix team up against an MVP with a lot of young players, no postseason experience, they were definitely in a position where if they drop a game four and they let Denver get hot, we saw Denver come back from 3-1 deficits twice in the bubble in 2020. So you wanted to finish the series as quickly as possible, and that's exactly what Phoenix did behind their all-star point guard. In game four, Chris Paul, 40 minutes, 37 points, 14 of 19 from the field, 9 of 9 from the free throw line, and he finishes the entire four-game series with an 8-to-1 turnover ratio. I mean, that is absolutely spectacular. From an old-seasoned veteran, Chris Paul, who over the last three years has been bouncing from team to team. Last year, he was on the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that had zero chance at being a contending team, which obviously made a five seed last year and pushed the Thunder to seven games, his previous team. And now OKC is rebuilding. They wanted to get rid of the veteran. And he finds the perfect home in Phoenix. And as we speak today, on June 14th, 2021, the Phoenix Suns are the betting favorite to win the NBA championship. I have friends that took them preseason at plus 3,000 waiting for their payday. And now they're the favorite. The first team to punch their ticket into the conference finals. And I can't be doubting the Suns anymore. I said I've been waiting for this team to unravel with their lack of experience in the postseason. Devin Booker, 24 years old, never seen an NBA playoff before. Well, he's not acting like it. The moment is never too big for this kid. DeAndre Ayton continues to prove his worth. Everyone was calling him a bust a year ago because Luka Doncic and Trey Young were taken after him when he was the first overall pick. Well, he's proven his worth now after containing Anthony Davis while he was in that Lakers series and then holding his own against Nikola Jokic in round two. Now he's going to see either Rudy Gobert or Zubac for Los Angeles in the Western Conference Finals. And I think he gets the edge in that matchup from what we've seen from him so far. Jay Crowder, what an addition he's been. I know his worth because I saw what he meant to the Miami Heat team that made the 2020 NBA Finals, that won that Eastern Conference. He's an important piece. A 3 and D guy, doesn't take a ton of shots, but he takes the smart shots and plays some really good defense. Four blocks, 10 rebounds the other night in the closeout game in Denver. And we've all seen the social media meme going around. We have this fan at the Suns game punching the Nuggets fan and forcing another one to leave with him, carry him out of the arena. He's screaming, Suns in four, Suns in four. Well, that's exactly what happened. The prophecy has been fulfilled. And the Phoenix Suns are now awaiting either the Utah Jazz or the Los Angeles Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. A team that has not 
made the playoffs in over a decade is the first team in the 2021 playoffs to punch its ticket to the conference finals. It's an unbelievable story and not one that I saw coming. I admittedly picked the Lakers to beat them. And yes, Anthony Davis got hurt, but it's no excuse. I mean, the Suns toyed with them for the majority of the games they won. In game six, the closeout game, it was never close. Game five, when it went back to Phoenix, series knotted up at two. They win that game by 30 points. And it's not about teams not coming to show up. Denver, yes, a big injury to Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. has to accept a bigger role. Nikola Jokic, the only true all-star on the team. But that doesn't matter. The Suns had their way the entire series. The lowest margin of victory in any of these four games was in game four, and it was seven points, and it was never close until the end of that game. So kudos to Monty Williams, who has never had real, palpable, tangible success as a head coach in the league. Brings this team to a two-seed, along with Chris Paul, someone who he coached earlier in his career over in New Orleans. And now both of them are in the conference finals. Only Chris Paul's second conference finals appearance this time with the Phoenix Suns. No one would have expected it. It's a storybook result that we're seeing right now. It's not over yet. They still have a ton of work to do. But kudos to the Phoenix Suns for punching their ticket to the Western Conference Finals where I don't think anyone would have expected them to be one year ago. So let's stay in the Western Conference. We have a great game going on tonight in what is now becoming a very interesting series between Utah and the Los Angeles Clippers. Utah comes out hot first couple games of the series, really enforces their will offensively, which is a bit of a surprise against the Clippers. Donovan Mitchell proving that he is a young superstar in this league. Big 45-point performance in Game 1. Utah kind of climbed back into that game. And then in Game 2, more of the same. Donovan Mitchell just being an absolute beast for this team, a 37-point performance. But Game 3, the temperature in the room switched up a lot. Kawhi Leonard says, I'm going to lock up Donovan. And I'm going to do it on the offensive end. Scores 35, 34 points. Excuse me. And the Clippers dominated Utah from start to finish in game three in Los Angeles. They play again tonight in LA. And then the series shifts back to Utah in what I believe will be a 2-2 series. Because I think the Clippers get it done fairly easily once again tonight. And this goes back to what I said in last week's podcast. Who do you trust? Do you trust a team that blew a first round 3-1 lead against the Denver Nuggets last year in the first round? Granted, the Clippers did the same thing a round later, but the Jazz haven't proved that they have anyone that could go win an NBA championship. And Kawhi Leonard has done that twice. 
And Rajon Rondo has done that before. And Ty Lue has done it as a coach. The Jazz won two close games in the loudest arena in basketball. They won two close games in games one and two. And you know what? That's what comes with having home court advantage. You get more home games than away games per series. That's why the Jazz are the one seed because they have the best regular season record in the entire NBA. But it's playoff time. The Clippers, who won three games in Dallas, one round to go, are going to steal one. And all they need is one. Because I don't see Utah winning a game in LA. And if Utah can pull one off, I think that's going to be the leverage they need to win the series. But Donovan Mitchell is flexing as really the only offensive weapon that the Jazz have. What the Jazz have that the Mavericks don't are other guys that can make some shots in some key moments. But it's not consistent enough. Bogdanovich in game three, two of 10 from the field. Joe Ingles, six of 11, the second highest scorer for Utah. Rudy Gobert, 12 points, everything underneath. Why'd he shoot a three? Then you have Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley. That injury is really haunting them right now. Jordan Clarkson off the bench, sixth man of the year, five for 16 from the field, minus 24, plus minus, atrocious. When you're playing a team as experienced, as proven, as deep as the Los Angeles Clippers, you need those guys to play better around the superstar in Donovan Mitchell. Paul George trying to exercise those woes. He shot 50%, 31 points. That's what the Clippers need. And look, as we stand, when we saw the second round matchups, I thought that the Clippers were the team I had the most trust in to make it to the NBA Finals. I'm starting to lean towards Phoenix after what I saw in this Denver series and going back to the Lakers series as well. However, the LA Clippers have a chance over the next two games to get themselves into the Western Conference Finals. They have to dominate tonight and they have to steal game five in Utah. And I think the Clippers will put on enough pressure tonight, Monday, game four in LA, play better basketball, and really make the Jazz think twice about what happens in Game 5 because I think the series has completely flipped. Even when the Clippers lost the first two games, you saw the signs of this team winning the series in the long term. Utah had everything working right for him. Donovan Mitchell couldn't miss. The crowd was roaring. Paul George wasn't playing exceptionally well. And the Clippers' defense was struggling. Now the defense is good. Kawhi Leonard is assuming Donovan Mitchell responsibility. Paul George woke up at home. And Donovan Mitchell proved he's a human being by missing 13 shots in Game 3. I love the Clippers tonight in Game 4. And I love them to win this series in 6 games. 
I think they win the next three. And then they go on to face Phoenix next week. So the biggest series of this playoff, one we were all anticipating, one that I have been admittedly wrong on for all the reasons that aren't happening right now, is the Nets-Bucks. And I'll be honest, I thought the Bucks, with what they had up against Brooklyn's best, were still going to be able to win this series. Well, that's just not the case anymore, is it? Brooklyn doesn't have its best. James Harden hasn't played since Game 1, the first 40 seconds of Game 1 of this series. And now Kyrie Irving goes down with a right ankle sprain. Yes, the x-rays were negative, but I would be stunned if Kyrie were back, even by NBA Finals time, should the Nets make it past the Bucks in this series. I don't see him coming back. If you're a basketball fan, you hope that James Harden is back for Game 5. But if you bet on the Bucks, who really knows? But let's talk about Brooklyn and what they are now. And let's look at Game 3 specifically. Because Game 3 was a winnable one. And they had Kyrie the entire time. What the Brooklyn Nets are is a wonderful offensive basketball team. They do things that we haven't really seen from any other team in NBA history. Yes, Golden State had the talent, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, apples and oranges, different types of players, but all extremely top-tier, gifted offensive players in this league. So, why are they scoring 83 points in a basketball game? How is Kevin Durant letting P.J. Tucker get on his grill and make him shoot 11 for 28? Why is Bruce Brown taking the last two shots of the game for the Brooklyn Nets? I guess two of the last three because KD had that wild pull-up with .9 seconds on the clock. But Bruce Brown, the last two set shots of the game, he decided to take the ball in his own hands. Not Kyrie, not KD. Bruce Brown decided to do that. Bruce Brown. Disgusting. And that is a lack of aptitude for the head coach, Steve Nash. Steve Nash has never been a coach at any level, coaching in his first NBA playoffs, obviously did some things right as the Nets cruised past the Celtics and made the second seed in the Eastern Conference over the regular season. But now, something that I did point out with this team is that they're going to face some sort of adversity and we don't know how they're going to respond. I predicted they weren't going to respond well. And for the most part, it hasn't been going so well for them. The end of game three, close game, have an opportunity to tie it or take the lead. And you have Bruce Brown not even hitting the rim on a layup when you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the floor. Game four, Kyrie Irving gets hurt. Katie's out there all alone. And it's their worst loss of the entire playoffs. Another game where they don't score 100 points. 
The Nets are never, ever, ever going to win a game where they can't score over 100 points. The type of team they are is an offensively gifted juggernaut. If they can't score 100 points in an NBA game, especially in the year 2021, they are not going to win a playoff game doing that. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. So now with Kyrie Irving out, and I'm expecting James Harden's timetable to be accelerated a little bit. I do think that he will play Tuesday night in game five. But we don't really know. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not around the team. I can't predict that for certain. But I do predict this. And I have been very consistent that I think the Bucs are going to win this series. And my opinion changed after the first two games. But now with the Kyrie injury and seeing how the Nets have responded to adversity so far, I'm still going with the Bucs to win this series because this team is starting to crumble bit by bit. And again, I didn't have the expectation of them to win the NBA Finals this year, but there are a lot of people that do. And they will get ripped to shreds even if the injuries aren't in their favor if they don't win this year because of the team they created. Steve Nash needs the experience as a head coach. This team needs the experience with adversity. And they're getting it right now. And it's resulting in L's that they cannot afford to take. So game five in Brooklyn. Giannis is starting to look better and better. Chris Middleton finally heated up in Milwaukee. How is Brooklyn going to respond? My expectation, not well. I see Milwaukee winning this in six, regardless of James Harden's status, because I think they got it all worked out. This team knows how to respond to adversity. They know how to play in the postseason. Mike Boonholzer knows how to coach this group in the postseason against this Nets team. And Steve Nash does not know what he's doing on his side. And Kevin Durant cannot do it alone. I mean, look, they have two flakes. James Harden, never known for a postseason performer. Kyrie Irving, injuries, emotions, often get the best of his body. Now what's going to happen? Kevin Durant's going to go out there with Jeff Green and Blake Griffin and Nicholas Claxton, and Bruce Brown, and try to do it all himself. It's not going to work. Not against this Milwaukee team. I'm sorry. So, with that being said, the team that the winner of this series is expected to face is the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers should win this series in five games. Love them tonight in Atlanta, game four, I think they'll make easy work out of the Hawks and they'll find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in God knows how long. I believe since it has to be 2001, right? When they had Allen Iverson. The process is starting to finally come together. 
and we've been saying it all year. This was the deadline for the process. It's been seven freaking years. Well, it's happening. And look, I'm not saying you have to trust this team when the going gets tough. But the tough isn't even going for them. They lose game one. They were down in that game. They make a heroic comeback at the end. And it would have been a miracle if they won. They didn't win. Game two, control the entire game, win by 16. Game three, control the entire game, win by 16. They have so much more talent than Atlanta that it's silly. And they're finally starting to realize how much better they are. And they're going to cruise into the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Bucks and the Nets are beating the crap out of each other. And they'll be sitting there after a five-game series, all rested, ready to go, and ready to make some real noise against a formidable opponent. And credit to the Hawks. They've put on a great show all playoff series long, a great game one win in Philadelphia, a great first round win against the New York Knicks. Been a while since we've seen the Hawks in the playoffs. But this is the Sixers year, man. Tobias Harris looks really good, becoming a legitimate second scoring option for this team. Ben Simmons, say what you want about the free throws. Say what you will. He's not a shooter. He's accepted that. Doc Rivers accepted that. Joel Embiid accepted that. He can't shoot the basketball. But man, he plays incredible defense. He scores at the basket at will. And he finds the open man. And when you have Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris getting ready to take jump shots, what more could you ask for? I mean, you have Korkmaz with the best plus minus for the Sixers at plus 24. I mean, come on. That's just, you know, playing with house money. And then Matisse Thibel coming off the bench, giving you real defensive minutes. Him and Ben Simmons swap out. They have made Trey Young's life a nightmare. And Trey Young, to his credit, is really, really good and has been scoring at will throughout the playoffs. But it's not going to be good enough against those two guys playing defense. And the Philadelphia 76ers, they've been showing you all season long, hey, we're the real deal. We earned the first seed in the Eastern Conference for a reason. And they are flexing their muscles. Finally showing us what the process has meant to them. And they're putting it out on the court for all of us to see. And while Milwaukee and Brooklyn beat the crap out of each other in that 2-3 series. They're just sitting there relaxing. They're going to handle their business with Atlanta as they should. Tonight is the most important game of the series for them because if they win this one, that's basically putting the Hawks to bed as you go to game five in Philadelphia Wednesday. They're in a terrific position. The best position the franchise has been in in 20 years. It's finally happening, Sixers fans. The process is done processing. It is complete and ready to explode on the biggest stage. Sixers look great. 
fans have to feel great. And when you see what's going on in that other series in the East, you got to feel pretty good about yourselves. The winners right now, the fan base, that should really be pumping their fists, geared up, hyped up for the playoffs, and everything that's going well right now. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. It's the Phoenix Suns. And I think that's it. You can't feel good if you're Brooklyn right now with all the injuries. You can't feel good if you're Milwaukee because you really got your lunch handed to you in games one and two. And now they're kind of riding out the injury woes of Brooklyn into winning this series. Utah, you're up to one. Haven't really played that well, especially in Los Angeles. You're just kind of riding Donovan Mitchell's coattail. The Clippers in close games, they're not winning the close ones. They're winning the blowouts. They're showing their talent in blowouts. It's not looking great, though, when the games get close. Can you trust that long term? And the Hawks, I think you hit your ceiling. So you should be happy, but obviously you're not because you're losing this playoff series. So that's what we got going on in the second round. It has been so much fun watching all these games. I mean, the excitement in Game 4 last night, a game that Denver had no business being in after Jokic gets ejected. It gets close at the end, and then Phoenix obviously closes them out. The Brooklyn-Milwaukee games have been really good. It's just, of course, the injuries take a little luster out of it. But what an NBA playoffs we had. This is the most wide open the NBA has been in what? 20 years? 15 years? I mean, seriously. Yeah, the Raptors won in 2019, but, I mean, no one expected that to happen, right? We all thought it was the Warriors' year, and then they got hit with all the injuries. The Eastern Conference might have been open ever since LeBron left, but none of those teams had any real expectations of winning the NBA Finals, right? The Heat last year, the Raptors the year before that, Any team, any of the seven teams, let's say six, because let's exclude the Atlanta Hawks. Any of the six teams that are still currently in the postseason should believe they have a legitimate chance to hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy. I wouldn't be shocked if any team outside of the Atlanta Hawks wins it all. Not anymore. I thought I'd be shocked if Phoenix did it. I'm not going to be that surprised anymore. I think the team I'll be most shocked at at this point is Utah. Because I think the Clippers just out-talent them, out-experience them, out-playoff perform them. But every other team, you wouldn't be surprised. And that is what I love about this year in the NBA. So wide open, so much fun, so much to talk about, and I'm breaking it all down right here throughout the NBA playoffs on the JP Hoops podcast. I appreciate y'all. Have another podcast for you later in the week, and I'll talk to you next time. Check out the Book It Sports app. Go get it.